It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo, baby! This week, starring regularly appearing very special guest, Mr. Steve Barden. Yeah. And there he is. And there goes the fake band, and there goes the fake audience. Hello, Steve. Hey, Michael. <laughs> We've been Seems hanging like out. I was just here. Yeah, it does, and I'm glad to see you back. Um, we're both still alive, which is good news. Yep. Um, let's say hi to our friends in the chat. Hello, Darren Moss, Timothy Cook, Edmund Red, Bob Gunnerfelt, Gloria Covington, Dean Turner, Cass McKenty. Um, let's see, El Rosso Emil, Giovanni Lanza. Oh, you sound like a movie star. Hello from Italy. Hello, Giovanni. That's a great name. Giovanni Lanza. Sounds like, you know, just have a cool hat and glass of limoncello or something. Uh, Rick Cabot, Podmore, uh, Songs from a Headband, Stephen Patty, Janet Brooks, Dan Weber, Jesse J. Peck, Spiritual, Carl Wurzbach. Um, wow, a show with Steve is like a visit from the gods. That's giving you a lot of credit. That's a lot to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> no Paul <pressure>. House, <laughs> right, Ian Shortall, Floyd, Floyd Armlin, Sidekick Entertainment, Marion Lane, Mike Elizondo, hello, Mike Elizondo. Um, anyway, uh, Alan McCool, man, big turnout today. Dave Barrett, Sherry Marcus Milano, Debbie Ward, Greg Carosa. All right. Uh, so I want to let you guys know, and the people who will watch the archive of this, um, anytime we do a remote split screen like this, even though we've got good solid technology, it still isn't perfect. And, uh, you know, just things that you don't even think of, like short headphone cables that don't let Steve scoot farther back from his camera. Um, and things like, uh, you know, he's got plenty of great bandwidth, but as you might remember from the last time we did a remote with Steve, uh, he went black about five times and we had to refire him up. So just hang in there. Just know that if one or the other screen goes dark, we'll get it back together. Um, we're doing the best we can and we've tested all systems. And for those who might later send me an email saying, there's a way to do it with a mixer and a this and a that and the other thing. Anytime you want to fly over and show me how to do that. I mean, neither of us are audio idiots. Uh, maybe I'm giving us both too much credit, but uh, smarter folks than me have tried to figure this out and uh, we're good. So without any further ado, um, I'm going to turn Steve loose and only interject stuff every now and then. Um, <laughs> We like his face big. Good. <laughs> um, you are a little bit out of frame. You got to move slightly to your left. There you go. Now you're perfectly in frame. Uh, so, I'll, I'll yeah. try to maintain this position. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can keep reminding <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, um, I asked Steve to do a light, breezy acoustic bass cue this time. Reason being that a lot of people are not uh, keyboard players, you know, about half of our members play keyboards, half play uh, guitars or stringed instruments. And uh, my wife watches a couple of shows on HGTV that just use a ton of acoustic uh, and or electric guitar cues. And I'm always saying, you know, I really need to do another one of those because Steve did one for us kind of uh, like three or four years ago already with a dobro mm -hmm. and an acoustic. But that was a fun we, one. Yeah, I thought we should do an updated version. So here we go. Um, tell them what you're going to do, Steve. So today, boys and girls, uh, we're going to do, a, it's going to be a, a primarily guitar based. Um, 
I, I think you dubbed it light and breezy or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really sure how to de- describe it, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's not overly happy. It's not, uh, it's not sad at all. Um, in fact, I, I decided I'm naming the queue home sweet home. Um, because that's where I am right now, <laughs> like everybody else. Right. <laughs> Whether you want to be there or not, you are. <clears throat> um, yeah, so we're going to create a, it's going to be primarily acoustic guitar. I am going to add some other elements uh, to enhance the cue, but again, it's primarily guitar. Um, I'm not, compo- like the last time I was here, I composed really just off the top of my head. I, I have worked this piece out. Um, and actually did some some run through. So we're going to try some things, and um, you know we might not end up using them in the final mix, but we'll we'll see. You know, um, I've got a couple different guitars I'm going to use, and we'll just see what sounds sounds best for this particular cue. So the idea is to be uh, light and breezy, which means um, um, I almost consider this more of like a wallpaper kind of a sound. Um, there really isn't going to be a melody. It's more of just an accompaniment uh, to keep the scene moving. And this could be a little bit melancholy, but you know, it's it's going to be more on the um, more positive side uh, of the scale. So this might be good for a scene on HGTV where uh, somebody has just decided that grandma's house that they inherited, uh, they're going to remodel the whole house. And now uh, the remodel is done and the family's coming back being a bit nostalgic, but uh, tickled pink at the remodel. Sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like Steve. He goes along with whatever I say. Yeah, whatever you say. (laughs) You know, when when I compose something, I actually try to visualize a scene in my head, how this music will be used. Um, And... I, I mean, I don't, I don't really have uh, adjectives or, you know, ways to dis- to describe how this is used other than it's just to keep the scene moving and it's sort of, you know, positive. You know, it's not really uplifting like a fanfare, um, but, it, you know, it just keeps moving forward. So, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got to plug the book because it's excellent. You know, several people have already commented that they've got the book. Um, somebody said Steve is articulate. Why, well, yes, he is. A- and he was particularly articulate. Uh, try and say that five times quickly. Um, I- I've read the book twice. I love it. If you want to get into doing uh, instrumental cues for TV, you can't not have this book if you like double negatives as much as I do. It's a must-have, so I recommend it. I don't make a penny when you buy it. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um how we're going to create this song it's i'm going to start off with an acoustic guitar however i am going to lay down a a piano track just to lay down the chord so i have something to play against it just kind of helps me kind of set the tone um it's going to be in a major key major keys are generally positive and happy whereas minor keys are sad and you know the saddest keys of all um (laughs) we are I've chosen the key of G because G is a, a guitaristic key. It features a lot of open strings, and open strings are great for acoustic guitars. Uh, other keys would be E, A, D, um, but I, I chose the key of, of, of G. Now, the chord progression I, I picked 
I'm going to I'm going to create this in ABA format. So there will be an A section. Uh, it's actually going to be a, a repeated A section, A1 and A2. Then I'm going to go to a B section, which is going to be similar but different enough, and you'll you'll hear the difference. And then I will go back to an A section, and I will do a repeat of A1 and A2. Um, I've timed this out. It's going to be roughly a minute and a half long, so you know, good enough for a uh, production music uh, cue. Um, the chord progression is going to be. I'm going to start in with a G. I'm going to be moving up the bass line. I'm going to ascend G B C D. So I've got. So why why am I going to do that? That. Uh, implies motion. Things are moving. Um, if you, you know, and it also sort of creates tension because you're expecting it to go somewhere. It's like if if somebody came and walked in in your house and you have a piano and somebody just walked in and went. And left. You'd be screaming. You know, <laughs> where is that last note? Where's the, there's the tension I need to release. So we're getting the same thing with the bass line. So it's going to be moving up. So um, let me just, uh, oh, and then let me talk about the, the bridge. So it's a, it's a G chord, then a G with a, a B in the bass, the third, then up to a C, and then up to a D. Okay, and then it's going to go back to G. So when I get to the B section, the bridge, um, we're going to be going into um, an E minor 7. So an E minor 7 is the relative minor of a, of a G major chord. So in essence, it's the same tonality. There's the G chord. If I add an E in the bass, okay, we're getting the same tones, but we've changed the, the flavor of a little bit to minor. And then I'll go into a B minor, and then back to the uh, C and D. All right, and then we're going to go back to the, the, the G again. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to record a, a reference track on the piano, and then I'll go ahead and jump in to do the, uh, the first guitar track. Okay, are we ready? I'm ready. Hope this works. That makes two of us. Actually, um, it makes a lot of us. Oh, I should mention, by the way, we have had a little bit of uh, weirdness with bandwidth, even though we both have great bandwidth at home. So if things crap out and we don't go dark, if it just sounds a little wonky or something, don't worry about it. Ultimately, Steve will post a link, which we'll make sure is posted below the video and in the comments as well, so that you can um, hear the finished product later. This is really more about education than fidelity or or bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, and there'll be no doubt that I'll, I'll have to clean some stuff up before I do the final mix and, you know, but essentially what I'm going to do today is going to be the track. So, okay, okay so here's here's the reference track. Um, anything I do with MIDI, you're going to be able to hear, but when I uh, record anything with the microphone, the acoustic guitars, you're only going to hear the guitar until I do it, until I play it back. Because that's the way we roll. Okay, here we go. And I don't know what that was. That was a really that short cue. 
Well, uh, one, I didn't, the metronome didn't continue, and... Oh, okay, I know what the problem is. I have a, a synth pad and it must still be set. Okay. All right, let's try this again. All right, hope this works. Okay, the piano, the piano is playing, but it's also playing the synth pad, and I don't want that. Why are you doing that? Well, let's just mute that. That is not a piano. See, I told you he was smart. <laughs> Oh, I know why. Okay, dumb. This 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 only happens when you're trying to do something important in front of a lot of people. Okay, here we go. Here's the bridge. I made a mistake. See, I forgot the tune already. Buy the book. Buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a chart. I wrote this chart, and I'm not looking at it. I thought I, I thought I remembered how it goes. Okay, when you watch this later, just skip past all this part. <laughs> okay, it's two bars for each chord. That's that was my mistake. All right, we get it this time. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Oh yeah, it's feeling good now. This doesn't exactly feel light and breezy yet. Wait until the guitar comes in. Here's the B section. B section's half as long as the, the A. Now we're back to the A. Last A. And resolve. 
Okay, that's it. So that's a reference track. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Best reference track ever played on Taxi TV. Congratulations. Okay. So now... Now we're going to try to record a guitar. So this is where I'm going to have to take these headphones off, and I'm not going to be able, be able to hear you if you talk to me. Uh, but you should be able to hear me still talk. Okay. Okay. Oh, let me make sure it, it sounds. Okay, great. So I have to turn off the main speakers while I record the guitar so we don't get feedback. And you'll just hear the guitar, but when I play it back, then you'll hear everything together. This is the part where we all tell jokes about Steve. Unfortunately, I can't move her because I got to be in front of the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> what a prima donna. The fidelity is not going to be great because I've got several computers on. Normally, I would I would go into the sound booth behind me to do a guitar track, but for this, it's I have to do it this way. So. Okay, and you'll notice also um, I'm going to be. Um, using this common pedal tone between all the chords, which is this D note. Okay. But we have this bass ascending, G, B, C, D. All right. Let's see if this works. there all right still with me yep more clams than a howard johnson's on wednesday night 
Thank you for the encouragement. <laughs> Anybody under 50 has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let me just play back the uh, – well, I'm not even going to play the, uh, the piano part with it because it's just a scratch, but I'm going to just play back the guitar part. Let's turn up the speakers. So uh, for the sake of saving time, um, since I do need to redo that track anyway, I'm going to just do it right now. We're all ears. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think we're, we're going to be able to, to get through this in the allotted time here. So it's a, it's a short piece. Okay. One more, one more try. Okay. They used to call me first take, Steve. Used to, right? <laughs> <laughs> And just so you know, for anybody that's never watched this show before, I, I know Steve well enough to I have fun. I can't hear you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Still there? Yep. Good. Me too. <laughs> and no clams. I did much better. And yeah. practicing. Good job. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm just going to play a little of it back. Mm -hmm. 
So it seems like it's all there. All right. So let me talk about just the guitar part first of all. Um, I, I chose this f finger picking style, so I've got a constant eighth note pattern going, which gives the piece movement. So you've got motion going from the the finger picking pattern, but then you've also got motion uh, from the ascending bass line. And then we're going to add other little instruments to kind of uh, uh, you know in, change the 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 tone of the piece, you know, and keep it moving in different ways. Um, so what I'm going to do next is record an alternate uh, guitar track using a nylon string guitar because I'm not sure if the steel string is really the sound I want. I might end up blending them later. I'm going to play the same part, but I'm going to just use a different style of guitar. So let's do this. I need to mute the first guitar, so it'll throw me off. Uh, put the metronome back on. And here we go. some questions, but I think I'm going to save them until after you're done. I want to keep you on task and make sure we get 
this thing done. But questions mm -hmm. like, you know, what kind of mic? How do you mic it? What kind of strings? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to save that stuff till later so we can just rattle them right off. Yeah, those things would be good for the end, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, unless there's anything, okay. you know, about the composition or, you know, anything like that that we might want to touch upon. Uh, so let me just play back a little of this guitar. Okay, so that works. Um, God, I wish I could quantize live guitar. <laughs> it, would, it would save me a little time. Uh, I'm going to leave that track as is. I, I could improve upon it, but uh, for the sake of, of moving forward, uh, let's just move on. Okay, so uh, let's. Now I'm going to move on to. Uh, I have a, another a guitar part I'm going to lay over the top, but I'm going to do that one at the end because I want to introduce these other other parts now. Uh, so what I'm going to do is um, go to the piano again, and I'm going to get rid of the um, the scratch track. Uh, so I'm going to do a couple things with, with the piano. So I'm going to use uh, the low end of the piano uh, instead of like a bass guitar to fill in the low end. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to introduce it into, uh, not in the first eight bars, I'll bring it into the second eight bars. And then it's just going to follow the bass lines, that's all. Uh, later on in the piece when we get to the end, uh, from the middle section on out, uh, I'll, I'll be adding some little high parts, you know, to, to add a little color to it. But first, let's just do a bass line. Uh, I'll start it from the beginning. So what I'm going to be playing is just uh, uh, a double whole note, and it's just for each two-major phrase, it's just going to be holding out the low note. Okay, I'm playing it in octaves. And then it'll be, uh, I'm going to keep it really low underneath the whole thing. All right, so let's, let's see how this goes. my big entrance. Hope I don't blow it. Thank you. 
That last note, I'll, I'll have to time it to the uh, to the retardando. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead and quantize that. Do you use Pro Tools or Logic or Live? Uh, I'm using Cubase. Oh, that's right. I don't know why. I, I've known you now for like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. I think I ask you this every time we're together. And well, here's the thing. I've only been on Cubase for a couple of years. Uh, I was on uh, Cakewalk for 30 years until they went out of business, and then I had to switch over to something, and I ended up uh, going with Cubase. And it's a really nice product. I like it a lot. Uh, but you know what? They all they all have the same features. They all do the same things. It's just just whatever you know best. And you know, I had to start from scratch and learn a new DAW. You know, but it's all right. I was on Cubase for a couple of years, then I went to rehab. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good to hear that. Okay. All right. So the next thing I want to add is a, a, a synth pad underneath it. And the idea of this is that it's going to be very subtle. And this is the string. Uh, it's not a string pad. Um, I didn't want to... to do just like like a string pad or uh, you know anything organic like a, like a Hammond B3 organ or anything like that. So I, I picked this. Uh, it's called Soft Air Pad, and it actually comes from the Project Alpha library. Um, and this is what it sounds like. So I was looking for something with somewhat of an ethereal kind of a sound. And it's going to be very subtle. It's going to be way way in the background, and and I'm not going to be you know putting in a lot of notes. It's just for support, really. And so let's see if we can do that. Here we go. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll probably end up taking out some of the notes in there, 
but I, you know, I like to put in a lot of notes and then give me choices later on. But I just, you know, I hit notes that are in the chord. So when you say take out some of the notes, you're talking about just in that part. Yeah, because um, you know, I, I I started off with just an open fifth, mm. not a Jack Daniels, just interval of a G and a D, and then I start adding. Uh, on the C chord, I've got a G, a D, and an E. Okay, so it starts adding texture. And then when we move to a D chord, it's just a, a big triad. And maybe that's too much. You know, maybe I just want to go back to an open fifth on a D chord. Can you talk for a minute before we move on to the next part about voicings and how... Uh you know, in your mind, you pick a voicing to start with because you think it'll add a certain texture or maybe embellish a certain emotion, and you get a few bars into it. Do you ever go, you know, that's not really the emotion where I want this to go. It's a pretty sounding chord, but I think I need to revoice it. Does that sort of stuff, do you have that internal conversation in your head while you're laying Oh, totally, down? yeah, because I go back to, like, orchestral writing where you have an entire frequency spectrum of low notes, middle notes, and high notes where the guitar is really kind of a mid-range instrument. Uh, most of the notes I played are kind of in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I, I either want to add stuff that's either above it or below that. And th this particular voicing uh, is actually above the guitar. So uh, everything I played on the guitar is below this first note. Okay. Um, I think I'll move on to, I, I want to add a, a violin, a string line. And that one's going to be really high, okay? So the, the idea of the pad is to just add sort of an ethereal uh, support texture to it. Um, it's, it's not meant to be, um, you know, highlighted as, as, you know, there's a string, there's a pad underneath, <laughs> you know. It's, again, this is primarily a guitar piece, you know. We're just adding support. So the next thing I'm going to add is a, uh, a violin, a string line. And okay. uh, this is a very a beautiful violin uh, pad from Berlin Strings. And I'm not going to bring this in until we get to the, to the bridge. So I'm just going to be starting from the bridge section. Uh, because we've been building up and building up. So the first A section, the first half of the A section is just guitar. Then we brought in a bass, which was that low piano. Then we get into the B section. So then that's where I'm going to start bringing in the strings, but in a very subtle way. Um, and then that's going to continue until we go out. So it's building and building and building. But again, the focus is on the guitar. So I want to make sure that everything I do is not a, hey, look at me. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's all, all about support. Um, uh, and I can't remember what I was going to play for this, but all right, this one I might have to take a couple passes just to see what, see what works. Um, so we're going in the B section, and that's starting on the E minor. There we go. Ah. That's... I started the bar early. Why did it do that? Okay, one more time.
All right, well, it was okay. Um, this is also where I'm going to add some more piano, and it's going to be kind of a little tinkling um, sound. Okay. Again, to add support and also to kind of um, to blend with with the violin sound. I think I'm going to start about the same place on the bridge. Yeah. Okay. Let's try this. that commercial that was okay just okay <laughs> um, somebody asked the question I think it's Jerry Jennings you know what are you gonna do about melody um, and, and I think I know what the answer is which is if you, you don't really build in a full melody maybe it's touches of melody or what I would call melody light can you address the general issue of melody in a cue yeah well anytime you have melody you always run the risk of conflicting with dialogue in a scene because you don't know how the music is going to be used. So this is more about setting up an emotion. And that's why on the guitar, I had that high D common to every, every chord because that right. in essence kind of resembles a melody, but it's a very static melody. It doesn't move anywhere at all. Um, right. And some of these other things like what I was doing on the piano, it, it's, it's almost like a counter melody really. That's a good explanation. Uh, no. Oh, good. <laughs> no, it, it is, because this is a really important point, especially for people just starting out with cues. They don't really understand necessarily what the difference between an instrumental and an instrumental cue is. And, um, and, and the issue of melody, I've always explained it to our members for at least 10 years, if not 20, that when you add melody to a cue, if it does what the vocal melody would have done in a song, it ends up sounding like... 101 strings covering a Beatles song that it no longer has the same vibe that a cue does, which is wallpaper, underscore, emotion, all those other things. The melody yeah. makes it almost cheesy. 
Yeah, it, it does become music at, at that point, and 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 the intent of music is you know to be just wallpaper. Um, I could you know f go back later and and add find an instrument and and add a melody to it, but I can almost guarantee you that whoever uses this track will not use the melody version. Right. I mean, whatever you do for melody, it should be kept out of the way and very simple. But let me just go ahead and play back this, what I've done here, this section, um, from the bridge to the end, with the, so with the string and the high piano, and let's see if it's, if it's something. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if, you know, if I'll make, uh, <laughs> oh, I think I needed to change the uh, quantization there. Oh, okay, I think that's gonna be better. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's try it. Here we go. You might have heard some notes out of place. I was adjusting the uh, velocity so they weren't. Uh, there was a couple notes that were overbearing, and I didn't want them as loud. Mm. Um, okay, so that's that. Okay, so now we're going to do uh, something crazy here. I'm going to add. Oh, I have a couple other things I'm going to add. There we go. Okay, so I had the um, uh, the nylon string. I recorded it on the wrong track. I had to move it. Okay, so I'm going to record a second acoustic guitar, and it's actually going to be just be playing some uh, little fills to try to uh, try to add some more momentum to to the to the finger picking sound. Um, Oh, okay, so essentially what I'm doing here is I'm doing that. Um, actually, I learned this trick from George Harrison. So you, you play the guitar, one guitar uh, in a key, and then you put on a capo, and then you play the same chord changes, but at, in a higher register. 
So I'm going to be fingering it as if it were in the key of D, but it'll actually still be in the key of G. So it, that just adds some more uh, harmonics to the to the to the notes. And uh, it, would you double that um, when you have that double? Would you pan them opposite each other? Uh, I, I wouldn't do a you know a hard pan. It would it would be you know just a little bit of uh, separation. I guess so, ten and two. Yeah, so that there's some clarity between the two instruments. Um, yeah, so let's let's see what this sounds like. So again, I'm turning off the speaker, so you're only going to hear this guitar, and it's going to sound really dumb. But <laughs> but then we'll play it all back, and it'll be fantastic. Okay. <clears throat> so I got my my capo. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Okay, so <clears throat> doing it that way, you guys get to hear all my blemishes. <laughs> Time to break out the Clarisil for guitars. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to play that back and, and see if that's anything. In my head, it sounded way better. <laughs> okay, here, here's everything. sounds like this used to be grandma's room in the house but now it's the nursery but let's not talk about what happened to grandma <laughs> <laughs> yeah we put her in the home <laughs> yeah i love that episode of hgtv <laughs> okay i'm going to do one more pass on this because I, I think i can do a, uh, an improvement on it okay Thank you. 
I, I think for a moment I went into Here Comes the Sun. Yeah, people were talking about that in the chat room. And uh, if you notice that after you put a part in, go, well, that might be a little too close. I mean, obviously, it's not close enough for copyright infringement because that's really not the whole thing. You're just playing a lick. Mm -hmm. But the lick is so identifiable. Um, might you take that out later and go, yeah, that might make a library not want to sign it? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I and I think I repeated it several times, and it's uh, you know it's just a, a common guitar lick on that on that G on that uh, D form of a, of a chord, right? Um, and I've played "Here Comes the Sun" a zillion times. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna let me play back the whole thing now, but I'm gonna play it back with the uh, the nylon string rather than the uh, the first uh, steel string guitar. Okay. And let's see if there's um, that uh, a, a different quality between the nylon string and the, and the steel string in the upper register. Okay, so uh, a couple things. So first thing I might try is, is take out that um, Here Comes the Sun guitar <laughs> and, and put back in the steel string and keep those, those two same parts but uh, pan them. Let's see how this sounds. So I'm going to take out that high guitar. I might take out the strings too, because I'm not real crazy about what they're doing. Uh, so let me try that. Okay. So steel string and nylon string playing together in harmony, okay. perfect harmony. Thank you. 
Yeah, so maybe I'll bring the strings back at this last part here. So yeah, I, I'm kind of favoring that, those two guitars together. So I might stick with that for the time being. Okay. So let's see. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna mute the first part of that that string part and then just kind of bring it in at the end. Um, I might need to fiddle with some of the the piano notes a little bit. Uh, and I think the nylon string has has some intonation problems, so I might have to retune it and do it again. Uh, but I won't do it on your dime. <laughs> um, okay, let me let me run through that one more time. Okay. This is real reality. <laughs> Yeah, so overall, you know, it's it's not horrible. Um, it needs some EQing and some tightening up of, of the notes. Uh, there's a little bit of sloppy playing in there. Um, uh, somebody asked the question, how much post-production would you do once you have the track where you want it, all the parts where you want it, how much um, tweaking of EQ, reverb, compression, all that kind of stuff would you be doing to the track? Um, I, I try to set up templates that already have a lot of those things built in. Um, so it should be minimal. Um, right now, because I'm playing back over my speakers fairly loud to, so, you know, you guys can pick it up over this little microphone. Um, 
but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll listen back in a, in a better listening environment um, and try to work out. Because, like, right now the piano is, like, really boomingly low. So I might have to do roll off some of the low end on that. But it's hard to tell at this volume level. Um, so not a, not a horrible amount of, of, uh, of post-production. Yeah. And, of course, it's, you know, it's easier in, in MIDI, you know, to fix uh, timing issues, you know, with quantization. Uh, right. It takes a little bit more work with with um, audio recording. Oh, there was one other thing I, I'm going to record. I forgot is I'm going to I'm going to try putting in a little shaker in there to add a little extra motion once we you know starting from the bridge on out. So I'll do that. So uh, I'm going to use this little guy here. This is uh, ah. this is one of the uh, Natural Acoustics Lab. Everybody right. knows Al. Uh, yeah, for so those who don't. Al De, De Seco, De Seco. Right? Mm -hmm. um, is a longtime taxi member that actually sells those at the road rally. And they really do sound good. And they're um, surprisingly cost effective for how they're how well they're made and how good they sound. Uh, and they're very loud. I've got um, this other one. I have, it's um, it's much it's a little smaller, but it's way louder wow. so, so there's you know this kind of loudness and this one so we're gonna do like the sideways motion so in the bridge I'm just gonna do a, a, a backbeat and then in the um, in the last a section it's gonna eighth notes just to, to keep driving the rhythm so just because I it, it felt like it, it needs something it needs a little bit of something do you ever think like an editor? Now, obviously, you you know really well how editors use cues. And just for those of you who might watch this that are new to this part of the business, it's extremely rare. Like almost never does a cue get used in its entirety. So the question I have for you, Steve, is do you th kind of address the parts of the cue like think like an editor might and add stuff that might make it more usable or appealing to an editor? section by section yeah i mean there really should be edit points you know and I, I actually didn't do a very good job on this particular cue um there, there should have been some points where the editor could easily cut between the a section and the b section uh i'll have to go back and, and listen to that um yeah my bad on that one guys well it depends on how good the editor is with editing music as well yeah, but just in terms of because you're right, they you're not going to use the whole cue, uh, so that's why there's not a whole lot of variation on on between the beginning and then even the middle sounds a lot like the beginning and the end, you know, just minor variation, uh, but it ha you know it has to change somewhat and it needs to keep building you know from the beginning to the end and that's why you know, we're going to add a little bit of shaker to add a little bit more motion to it, a little bit more energy okay um so let's do that um let's move on to uh starting from the bridge
I that must have been say, fun to watch. I was got to say, a solo shaker track is very much like watching paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, so let's let's see if that's something. Yeah, so there was when I when I came in on the last day section with the the straight eighth notes, I had a little bit of timing issue, but I can cut and paste uh, from where I did finally pick up the rhythm. Um, so that's that's one thing that I you know I don't have to worry about intonation on a on a shaker. You know I can just go in and cut out a, a bar and just repeat it. So that's real nice with digitaling. Um, so I, I think that's pretty much it. I think that's all we're going to do on this on this piece. Uh, I, I will do some cleanup on on the notes. Um, and I may have to redo the nylon string. I'll, I'll check the intonation on that. Maybe I can. Maybe I can tune it with uh, some digital tools. Um, can you do one playback by giving a little more overall level? Um, you know, just approximating a mix. Oh. Well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to do, I'll probably do a couple passes. First one will be like a mixing pass. Okay. And, and then hopefully that'll, that'll be better. So let's, let's see where we're at here. Yes, I brought the shaker way down and brought the strings down. I, ro I did roll off a little of the low end on the uh, piano. Um, so let's do one more. OK. 
okay? It's actually become like contemplative and hopeful. Yeah, it's interesting that you say contemplative and, and, and hopeful because, you know, that happens a lot. You start off writing something and then it sort of just becomes something else, you know, it just right. grows. Um, I had a really specific question. Now. Oh, first of all, I want to let everybody know that the audio you're hearing, the music is actually coming through one of these microphones. <laughs> Whoa. Um, and, and so obviously you're going to hear it a lot better when Steve posts up the final mix of it. Excuse me, but it really underscores something that we say all the time and have been for a very long time. And I know you're a firm believer, which is less is more. Um, it, it's a really simple track. Didn't take you a whole lot of time to put it together, even with cleanup and a final mix. Um, this will be a very serviceable track, meaning there are a lot of different ways an editor or music supervisor could use that. Um, Ken Mesford said that I felt like I was on hold. <laughs> <laughs> Your calls uh, are very important to us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and, and we promise we're sanitizing every armrest and every tray table on every flight. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, this, this track should sit nicely behind anything. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, let me ask you some of the questions. We still have 13 minutes okay. left. I, I want to ask you some of the questions that people ask during the entire process of you doing this. Um, what's your signal chain for recording acoustic guitar typically? Uh, okay, so I've got this uh, gauge microphone that I'm using. Uh, I've just had this forever. Uh, and it, it's got a really nice tone for acoustic guitar, and it's going into, I've got an M-Track, uh, an M-Audio M-Track quad uh, uh, preamp uh, digital interface, uh, USB interface into my computer. And that's that's pretty much it, you know. it's uh, um, I don't have any kind of compressors uh, attached to the input chain. Um, everything is, is done in the box, you know, through Cubase. 
Um, any EQ that you would add on a guitar typically, or do you record it pretty straight in? Uh, well, I, it, I put it in straight in, and it's going to depend on, on the rest of the instruments. Now, I could hear from this that, yeah, I need to do a lot of EQing uh, to make this fit, because it, everything, well, maybe it's because it's really loud in here, but um, I, I seem to have a lot of low end coming out of everything today. So I will have to treat that a little bit and, and maybe bring up some of the highs a little bit. Uh, but that's what, you know, like the piano and the string thing was, was meant to add. It was, the, you know, the highs. Um, can you recommend any uh, good virtual guitar plugins? Have you ever tried? I mean, you're a great guitar player, so I don't even know that you've ever used one. No, the only plugins that I use are for, for amp modeling. Have you ever gone crazy and like, uh, you know, taken an acoustic guitar track that you've recorded through the Gage 87 and uh, run it through like a, a Marshall stack or anything just for fun? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've, I've never done anything like that. Oh, come on, Steve, get crazy. Um, <laughs> what if a publisher asks for a faster version? Would you need to redo the whole thing um, or could you just speed up this track? I, I would choose to uh, re-record it. You you can use tools to digitally speed up uh, an audio track, but I, I don't think they sound good. Uh, it's easier to to speed them up than to slow them down because you get a lot a lot more digital artifacts when you slow them down. Right. Uh, but I would just re-record re it. I mean, you know, once I've played the part, you know, I kind of know it, and I could probably re-record the parts, you know, in in five minutes. <laughs> you know, just listen to back what I did, and then just re recreate it. Um, oh, we already asked this one, is less always more? I, I think you would say yes to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you saw, we added some things and then we ended up taking them, taking them out because it was just, just too much. And I still might, you know, take out a few more things, you know, in the final mix, you know, because I kind of need to be in my own space to do it. You know, like I'm, I'm focusing on, on your questions and, and, you know, and you're really an, an annoying me. I can't get my work done. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> how much time might you spend on post-processing uh, once you've got the track down and you're happy with all the parts? You know, would you would it take on this particular track? Would this be a half hour of adding a little salt and pepper to it? Would it be an hour? How long might that take? Probably a half hour, hour, hour at the most. I mean, because there's 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 not a lot of tracks to right. it. Right. How many tracks do you have now? Like six, seven? So there's um, uh, two acoustic guitar tracks, a shaker, and we dropped the other acoustic guitar, so that's three. We have a, a two pads, that's five, and a piano is six. Wow. Uh, six tracks. I, it just goes to show how less is definitely more. Simplicity works, and uh, I mean... It totally shows how you can create a mood and emotion and a texture. With, I don't mean to say it like this, but with very little effort. Um, you don't yeah, need I think to... the problem that uh, you know most people run into is is trying to overthink it, and it's like you, you know you're you're not trying to create the greatest piece of music you you've ever made, really, because it's you're not writing this for the radio. You're writing this to be played behind a scene, and it like you use the word serviceable it. It's not a derogatory term. That's that means you, it can be used in a lot of different things. You know, it's not going to interfere. It's not going to get in the way. 
Right. And it sets the right tone and emotion. I, that's how you make the most money with the piece. Uh, and, you know, people might, people who lean toward the artistic side uh, of things, uh, musical things, might say, oh my gosh, being serviceable, that's just commoditizing music. But I'll say it again, and please, jazz people, don't give me any grief for this. But, you know, doing this stuff is like painting houses by day, and then you can certainly do your, you know, grand opus and your really creative stuff that you know, fulfills that part of your musical soul at night. One doesn't have to preclude the other, but wouldn't you rather be doing serviceable, usable, money-making cues for your day job than, you know, working at a 7-Eleven or digging ditches or putting windshields on cars at an auto factory? I mean, this it's got to be satisfying. Plus, uh, tell me if I'm nuts, but doesn't this make you better at doing that creative stuff because you learn the sounds you have in your libraries you learn how to be a faster better engineer a better on the fly producer all that stuff comes with practice this is something that makes you money while giving you the practice yeah well as we know the the more cues that you can write the more money you're going to make so the faster you can do them the better and really you're you're learning a language you're learning how to how to put together music that that evokes a certain emotion and works in a, in a certain style and you just learn you know quickly how to speak that language so when it does come time to write your album of you know whatever your opus is uh, you have those tools already in your palette um, one last question then I want to ask you something about the book um, do you master, I'm trying to make sense of what I wrote down here, uh, do you master by bouncing the track and then mastering it, or do you master right off of the mix bus? Um, so I'll do, I'll do a sub-mix, like a full mix of all the tracks, bounce it into one track in my DAW. I won't bounce it out as a completed track. Then I can do some mastering on that completed track. I can add additional EQ and set and get the level set. Okay. Um, let's talk about the book for a moment. Uh, for all of you who might be watching that haven't seen Steve and I do a show yet, I, I plug the hell out of this book because it's that good. You literally will shave years off of your arc um, to becoming a successful TV composer by reading this book. Steve, do you have, is there like a favorite chapter or a favorite topic or something that you feel like, wow, if you read nothing else in the book, make sure you read the chapter about that or is the whole book, I mean, the whole well, book is amazing. But. Well, I, you know, I mean, not specifically a, a chapter, although understanding contracts is really important. I think everybody should understand what you know what you're signing but one thing that one takeaway that i want everybody to get from the book is understanding emotion and how to convey emotion because essentially no matter what style of music you're writing that's what you're presenting in a music track and and it's going to get used if it conveys the emotion that that they're seeking for a particular scene so you know, it's like, like being an actor, you know, you don't get up and just recite some lines. You have to put something into it. You have to become that, that person and that, that character. And, and, you know, you're, you know, 
you're, you're happy or you're sad or whatever you're doing, you know, you, you, it has to be believable. So really understanding and getting deep into that emotion, that's really critical. Uh, what if a library were to reach out to you and say, hey, Steve, I need, uh, you know, a, a, a tract such as the one you created now that's, you know, kind of hopeful and contemplative. Uh, and, and you start building this track on, you know, you're on a mission to do that kind of track. You, you create something else. Um, there are people that have the thought, well, it doesn't matter. I, I created something so awesome. They just won't care that it's not what they asked for. <laughs> I can tell by the look on your face. Tell, talk to us about the logic and that kind of thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, you're just, you're just asking for trouble um, because, the, you know, they're asking, they've asked you for an apple and you give them a red apple, but you didn't take the time to understand that what they really wanted was a green apple. Okay. It is an apple, but it's not the one that they were looking for, you know. So trying to force this red apple on them, it's, it's not going to make it any better, you know. They, they have to have this green apple. Um, so if you write something like, uh, you know, I think uh, this is a good example in this piece. It, it wasn't as light and breezy, I think, as I had originally intended. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, if, if the listing, you know, or the, the brief that I'm getting from a client is for something light and breezy and it ended up being this, uh, I have two choices. I could either try to rewrite it and make it more light and breezy. Uh, or I can just put it aside and save it in the contemplative, uh, uplifting, uh, hopeful uh, uh, genre in that folder. And when a, you know a, a brief comes out asking for that, then I'll ha then I'll have it. But yeah, trying to force them to to take this when it doesn't exactly fit what they're asking for, they won't pick it. They won't use it. They won't sign it. Uh, you know, you're, you're wasting your time. That's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow, but it's part of the money-making formula in, in doing music for media is just give them what they want. Exactly. And, you know, you didn't waste your time. You created right. a queue. You know, I've got this queue sitting here, and now when that opportunity comes up, uh, I will have a queue for it. That's right, and I'll be a co-writer. Oh, no, I would only be the co-writer on Light and Breezy. <laughs> uh, I want to ask this question from Paul House because he stayed up literally all night in the UK and has to go to work in a couple hours. So, Paul, thank you, man. That warms my heart. Uh, I had about three and a half hours of sleep last night. So while you're falling asleep at your desk at work today, I'm right there with you. Um, from Steve Book, uh, Steve's book and Chapter 8, Steve lists some keys that you should play in for certain moods. Has that info changed since it was written, or is it still valid? Um, I'd have to look up that chapter. Um, you know, unless it was specifically talking about like the difference between, say, a, a minor key and a major key. Uh, I mean, there's some generalizations about uh, major is is a happier key typically, and and use minor keys for something you know sadder. Um, yeah, you list uh, C, D, protagonism, C, F sharp, outer space, uh, C, A. Oh, those were, okay, so those were like chord progressions. Um, oh, okay, maybe I should look in a different section. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, no, that, uh, that, okay, yeah, that is at the end of chapter eight, uh, page 85. So I think that's what Paul's referring to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there was that... Um, 
There was a great video by that uh, college uh, professor. I can't remember his name. It's in the book there, Scott something, um, where he sort of he defined these these relationships between chords that represent certain feelings, and you and he analyzed famous film scores to show you how, you know, Back to the Future used, you know, from, you know, uh, use the, um, um, the Locrian mode, uh, you know, everything that was listed in there, you know, is, I mean, it, it does still apply, yeah. Yeah, I've actually seen those videos. Uh, Scott he, Murphy, I think was the name. Yeah, and... Uh, He's got a whole series of videos that I've actually featured probably four of them in taxi newsletters um, over the years. I, I think that that guy is an amazing analyst of why things work uh, in, in film scores. Uh, just amazing. Anyway, um, well, with that, let's say goodnight because we're exactly 530 right on the dot. Thank Perfect. you very much. Yeah, very, very much for doing this again, man. Everybody in the chat room has been loving it all uh, afternoon long. Uh, and to remind everybody, first of all, um, Ariana will kick me under the table if I don't say hit the subscribe button, give us a like, um, and somebody is going to win a copy. I still have like two copies that's left to give away. Uh, by putting a great question, whoever uh, has the best question in the comment thing, after we put the video up, you know, the archive version up in uh, uh, YouTube, which will be in a few minutes, takes them a little time to process it. Um, and yeah, if you don't have the book yet, get it. Uh, what else did I need to say? Subscribe, give us a like. Uh, any closing thoughts from you, Steve? Well, I'll, I'll I'll work on mixing the audio track and have it up on on SoundCloud, and I'll uh, and I'll actually uh, uh, you know I'll send you a link, but I'll make a comment uh, uh, in this video uh, with a link to to the uh, to the final piece. Great, and we'll add it in the uh, whatever that section is right under the video. You do it in the comment section, and thank you so much. Um, you well, know, thanks for having me again. Oh, man, I love having you on the show. You know, you've become such a good friend over the years. One of the few people that actually really loves my sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> and, and no, it's just... I uh, get you, man. Thank you. I get you, too. Um, said my best to Leanne. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to give each other a hug in the not-too-distant future. Thanks for doing this. Hope so, yeah. I haven't seen in a while. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing you again. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Bye, everybody. And bye to the rest of you guys. See you tomorrow for an exciting episode of Taxi's Quarantini Happy Hour. Woo! That was enthusiastic. <laughs>